0: Casting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Back with our Legal Professional of the Year. Excited to have Philip A. Greenberg back here joining us. An attorney extraordinaire from beautiful New York City. He's here with many years of experience, and we're honored to have him back here on the show to talk what he knows about best. Well, he knows about a lot, I should say. I shouldn't say best. He's a family man. He knows law like no one else. Welcome back to the show today. How are you? You're fine.
1: More importantly, how are you?
0: I'm doing, I'm hanging in there. I got a sty, I got some issues with the doctors. But oh, we're good. Oh. We're going through some stuff here, but I can handle it. It's all good.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Well, yeah, doctors are good to stay away from, unless oh. you really are. I Don't know. get me wrong. I, I, I've, uh, I've represented so many doctors in my time. Um, yeah, because, uh, you know, I always say doctors were getting divorced even before it was fashionable. Ah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I've, I've represented every medical specialty at least once. And actually, Jill, as you know, you're much younger than me. Some of the medical specialties that I've represented, they weren't even invented. When I was young, like pain management, Uh, I mean, I thought all doctors were were in charge of pain management, but now it's a separate specialty. So I represented a few years ago a co-pain management doctor uh, when it actually wasn't a divorce. It was a prenuptial agreement. Um, So, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, take care of yourself, Joe. You know, this is the only bodies we have. So, you know, take care of it. Well,
0: interesting. Oh, well, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay just at the cancer center. going. just did a bone marrow test last week. Exciting stuff. But hopefully it's not the cancer they think it is, and I'll be okay. No, but no, don't worry about me. No. This is about you.
1: <laughs> no, no. I Chill. One thing you should understand about lawyers, or at least good lawyers, we're... It's our it's our business to worry about other people. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've said to clients, you know, let me worry about it. you. Take care of your business, or you take care of your family, or whatever, it is, or take care of your health, and let me worry about you know these other things for you. So that's why I don't I don't worry that much about myself because I'm too busy worrying for my clients. I don't have enough time or room in my head to worry about myself. Well,
0: thank you. I'm okay. I'm okay. This is about you. Tell us uh, what's new in the world of Philip A. Greenberg. What's happening in your world of, uh, gosh, legal battles and drama
1: and life? Yeah, well, it never ends. Um, but then again, if it does end, you know, people say to me, you know, I, I as I've told you before, I really am all round civil litigation, but primarily the last few decades, has been family law slash divorce And sometimes people say to me, you know, what would you do if people stopped getting divorced? Which, of course, is like doctors having to worry about people stop getting sick. But um, sometimes people say to me, well, what are you going to do if people stop getting divorced? And I said, well, it's not a problem because I have a really good plan B I'm just going to go back to being a bellboy. So, um, that's my plan, And, uh, and I really was a bellboy long before you were born. Uh, so a great job, by the way, Pay's not so good, but a uh, great job. Zero stress. So if any of your listeners are out there and they still haven't decided what to do with their lives, and they're looking for a job that has zero stress, um, I've definitely, of all the jobs I've done, you know, through, uh, the babysitting when I was in high school and college, and, you know, all kinds of summer and part-time jobs, I think the only job that was, that I ever did that was free of stress was the summer that I worked with Spellboys. So, anyway. Not much to do with a little little advice about life
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> we always I could always use it and I love hearing some pick-me-up stories and people go through a lot as an attorney you you know the ins, ins and out of everything is there anything new in your world that you want to share
1: well actually um, you know it's it's you know I've settled recently and I mentioned it last week a couple of big cases one a divorce case that I've been working on for years and, um, and years and years. I, I don't want it to be too specific because I don't want it to be identified for those the case gets worked out. Um, and a family court case, an unmarried couple, that also I've been working on for years. In fact, my client reminded me. Um, it, it's so scary how time passes, too. Uh, but my client recently reminded me that it was Thanksgiving weekend six years ago, and of course, we just recently had Thanksgiving weekend. It was Thanksgiving weekend six years ago oh, wow. that I had custody switched from um, the mother to my client, who's the father. The couple never married. And, uh, but, oh, so, um, actually, just a little bit about that to kind of make it relevant to the present. So we started. The the, well, six years ago, the judge gave temporary custody to the father and then, but we still had to have a full blown custody trial over permanent custody. And we started it pre COVID. Um, and the thing about, um, and again, you know what I always say to you, Jill, if I start to bore you, just let me know and I'll change the subject. Um. So we started this trial pre-COVID, and for any of your listeners who have experience with the family law system, family court system, um, because you don't have a jury, your trials can get out for months, not because the trial lasts for months, but because they give you, like, half a day here, half a day there, two hours here, two hours there, so it can really... um, extend over a period of time. And so we started the trial live, post-COVID. Um, in the middle of the trial, COVID hit. And so we picked up the trial, we finished the trial remotely, and we did summary, um, we, the judge set aside a separate session just for the attorneys to sum up. Uh, your your listeners are familiar with that because they watch the TV shows where the lawyers sum up to the jury. But here you're summing up just the judge, and um, and then at a later time the judge read her decision into the record. Um, my client permanent sole custody. So um, you know it it really and by the way, I didn't start the case six years ago. The case actually started a couple of years before that, um, when the mother disappeared with the kid. And uh, first we had to locate the kid, and then... Um, anyway, it, it, it's just amazing, you know, it, it, and, and, and the scary thing is, is that with older children... Uh, this is it was, was a newborn, but with older children... Because these cases drag out, and probably some of the judges list, if there are any judges listening, they won't appreciate Mike saying this. But with all the children, by the time the case is over, um, the kids have aged out. Because once a child hits 18, they're not a child anymore. They're an adult, and you don't have custody issues. So, anyway... Um, but yeah, and and you know the thing about family law is it really gets people where they live, Joe. you know, um, business is business, um, you know, a lot of times business becomes very personal, and so even a corporate litigation, especially if it's small companies, can be a very personal thing. But um, with family law, it's always personal. So, anyway, that, that's my most recent. Um, I'm in the middle of some co- uh, some condo litigations right now, um, which kind of was a off of the divorce. I'm going to really go get too specific because then some of the players might recognize what case, cases I'm talking about. But let me just say that one of the few good things about divorce um, is that from the lawyer's viewpoint is that if you are a all-round attorney like i am and i'm not necessarily saying that as boasting it's just that i'm not afraid and i actually relish doing work other than divorce is that a lot of times i wind up after the divorce is over representing my client in their business um i have a few business clients that were formerly divorced clients um, and in other you know, other aspects of their lives. And fortunately or unfortunately, some of them decide to remarry, so I wind up doing the prenuptial, if they want a prenuptial agreement, prenuptial agreement for their next marriage. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Jill, but um, I'm a minister in the American Marriage Ministry, so a couple of the couples that I handled their divorces when they remarried. I was the one who uh, officiated at their remarriage, mm-hmm. and uh, the same for some of my prenup. Uh, actually, several of my prenup clients, uh, once the agreement was signed, and they found out that I was authorized to marry them rather than go down to city hall and marry them in my uh, usually married them in my conference room. So, really, I get them at both ends, Jill. I, I marry them, I divorce him, I marry them again, prenup them, the whole business.
0: And, I mean, it's interesting. Does everyone need a prenup? I have to ask this. Even if you don't have many assets, yeah. do you advise everyone to have one?
1: Yeah. So, that's really, that's actually, Jill, a really, really good question um so but it's the end and work my way back um one of my taglines is that if you don't have a prenuptial agreement you don't need a lawyer you need a psychiatrist um that's the end of the story the beginning of the story is that uh probably and this of course is coming from you know a family attorney And because I see what can go wrong. Um, I think most couples, I I can't, you know, I I really think that most couples should have prenuptial agreements. Um, I I would say the only exception, um, and being very kind of generic about it. Um, Well, actually, well, let me be generic and then I'll back up. So being generic about it, I would say that if, let's say, two people are getting married, let's say, older, later in life, so there's not going to be an issue of having children and who's going to take care of their children and who's going to stop working and stuff. But let's say they're getting married later in life and they're um, relatively modest income. So they really are not, you know, if God forbid they get divorced, There's not going to be any um, real assets to divide. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe couples in that situation could dispense with the prenuptial agreement. Um, The only other thing I would say is that if, well, if you don't mind my personalizing with you, because, uh, you know, I consider you, uh, you know, part of, you know, family at this point. Let's say you were to get married, and, you know, I've said before that whoever marries Jill will have won the marriage lottery. <laughs> so, let's some, so let's say some guy comes along and he's about to win the marriage lottery by marrying you. Now, let's say the guy that you're engaged to, and again, this is very theoretical, as you know. Uh, let's say the guy that you're engaged to, um, let's say, compared to him... Bill Gates would be a pauper. Ah, I
0: wish. I um, wish. I would love to be sent for life. I'm not going to lie, but I won't settle just for money. But go ahead. It would be nice to have both.
1: Yeah, There are only one or two on the planet that would even qualify, a pauper qualify. But let's say a really wealthy guy, um, and he doesn't ask you for a prenup. If you came to me, and this is not impossible, you could say, listen, Philip, I'm engaged to a guy um, I didn't happen to really know, but, you know, he's, he's, he's richer than God, as the expression goes. Uh, should I, should I ask him for a prenup for an agreement? And i say, mom is the word. If he doesn't ask for a prenup, you don't want it. So, being very personalized, if, um... Someone comes to me and says they're about, and they have to really be sure. And I I don't, again, I'm trying to stay away from being anything too specific because I have some specific examples in mind, but I don't want to be too specific because it's already, you know, everything has gone viral these days. Uh, But if you're really, really sure that the person you're engaged to is really wealthy, and they don't ask you for a prenuptial agreement, then you shouldn't be the one to raise it because you'll definitely be better off without it. Um, But you have to be really sure. But in most situations, Jill, um, even people where, let's say, uh, even if they're, like, same situation, they're both teachers, they're both lawyers, or whatever it is, both doctors... Um, it's still um, a good idea. And by the way, and, and again, Jill, you're going to stop me if I start to bore you. Um, I've been asked about this um, both by clients, potential clients, actually, in other uh, public shows that I've, that I've done. And they say, you know, is it always just financial? And the answer is no. You can, in the prenuptial agreement, you can provide for anything, you know, as long as you're not, as I always tell my clients, as long as you're not going to agree on robbing a bank, which of course wouldn't be enforceable if you put that in the agreement, um, anything you agree to, where you're going to live, um, who's going to stop working if you haven't, um, if you're of different religions, what religion the children ch- children will be brought up in, even if you're the same religion. Um, you know, there's Jewish, there's Jewish, there's Catholic, there's Catholic. It's the level of religiousness. You know, you may both agree that you're going to raise the children Catholic, but uh, one of you has in mind that, you know, being Catholic just means you have a Christmas tree and that's it, and the other one may feel that that means going to church every Sunday. So... Even the level of, and, and by the way, while it's not that common, and I've done dozens and dozens of prenups, it's not that common to provide for, well, actually, I, I don't know how representative all well, my prenups are, but I think both of them are basically come from the same ethnic background, so that part's not an issue. But it's more common in the divorces, the couple, and I'm, I'm just saying religion, but it could be other things too, of course. But even when a couple is of, of the same religion, where they agree upon the level of religiousness that the children are going to be brought up. So there's that as a place to live. Um, who's going to stop working? Um, and if someone stops working, it's going to have an impact on the financial arrangement. Uh, just about anything you could think of. Um, and, and, While it may not be a a happy result, but sometimes in negotiating the prenuptial agreement, the couple finds out that they're not really suited for each other, that they're really, you know, their heads are in different places. They may have a lot of uh, passion for each other, but they may realize that there's, there's an essential life fully that they don't share. And every now and then... Of negotiating a prenuptial agreement, the couple calls off the wedding because they find out that they're not really suited for each other. And Jill, I, I, I know you've never been married, but I think you would agree with me that it's a lot better to find out before the wedding that you don't belong together than after the wedding. Oh yeah. So so that's my feel on prenup. Um, as I say, I've done dozens of them, um, I think most couples should have them, and, and again, the rare ones that shouldn't are really outliers, and, and even there, they may wind up, um, you know, where couples say, well, we're both teachers, we're both this, we're both that, and so we didn't have, you know, we didn't think of having a prenup, um, and then there's some development that they look back and wish they had had, had gotten a prenup. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it's, yeah, I, I recommend it. And by the way, they're not particularly expensive. Um, it's kind of like, and I, I don't want to get too much into other areas of law, but, you know, a lot of people say, do I need a will? So, you know, if you're, you know, basically everyone needs a will unless they're, not politically correct to say if you're a homeless person with no money and no expectation, I suppose you don't need a a will. But just about anybody else, and that could be a separate show, although, again, I... And I, you know, I do draft wills, but usually I do it on what I call an emergency basis because someone who's in the middle of a divorce and they have a will out there where they're leaving everything to their husband or wife, the most important thing to them is that if, God forbid, they should die while the divorce is going on, that all their money won't go to, you know, the spouse that they're divorcing. So I've done a lot of emergency wills where, you know, they immediately disinherit their husband and, you know, make other provision. And I always say to them, after the divorce is over, we'll sit down with the trust and estate lawyer in my office and work out a real, you know, a state plan for them. But in the meantime, the most important thing is to make sure that if something happens to them that their husband or wife is not going to get everything. So, um, anyway, so that's... I I just said into that. But, so yes, everyone should have a will. Basically, everyone with few exceptions should have a prenuptial agreement. Um, You know, these are important things and, and it'll, it'll prevent a lot of headaches down the road and, and it'll give uh, it'll give you a lot of uh, comfort to know that that those things are taken care of but Com- did I answer your question
0: uh, Of course you did comfort comfort <laughs> and joy comfort and joy I'm thinking of the holidays now <laughs> what do you have yeah. planned for the holidays coming up wait do you celebrate Hanukkah or
1: Christmas? I celebrate Hanukkah, and as a matter of fact, um, I'm going to the home of my rabbi this evening.
0: Oh my goodness,
1: that's right, because I was just going to say, oh wow! First night, yes, the first night of Hanukkah. So when I was at the gym this morning, um, a guy who I know from the previous gym came up to me, wished me a happy Hanukkah, and uh, I said, uh, yeah, I'm going to my rabbi's home this evening, so... He said to me, Light a candle for him. So I said, I definitely will. Aww. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's, uh, yeah, and um, it's also, well, again, <laughs> I'm staying away specific. But I, I think it, you know, for me, it's, it's a very nice, unfortunately, my wife is um, under the weather or she would be coming with me. So, but yeah, I think it's it's, it's a nice way to, uh, um, welcome in uh, you know hanukkah 2023 Beautiful. although on the jewish calendar it's a different year it's 57 something on the jewish calendar really yeah yeah it's it's hard to keep track yeah the the jewish the jewish calendar is well I, i'm definitely not an expert on religion but um the jewish calendar is over 5700 years old and they actually can pinpoint certain things, like when Moses... You figure, well, you read the Old Testament, it's very interesting, Moses comes down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. They actually know what year that was in the Jewish calendar. They've actually determined what year that is that Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments. So, phew, sure. anyway... So, and, and I, I know you're going to be celebrating Christmas, Jill, and uh, I certainly wish a happy, ha- uh, merry, merry Christmas to you and yours.
0: Oh well, thank you so much. Always appreciate it. Always love having you here. And uh, we still got three minutes left. I'm not cutting you short, Philip, because we started late.
1: Oh, we my. started
0: late. Yeah, so oh. what did you want to say to yeah. your fans and your friends?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I wish everyone a... Happy uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa. Um, I know that there are actually a lot of other, like winter stalks and other holidays that are celebrated at this time of year that are neither Christmas nor Hanukkah. So I, I wish you know everyone, and um, I'm here. Um, you know I'm always. I look forward to speaking to any of. Any of your listeners, are just about you know, if they want to tell us how they like the show and what they got out of it and what they think we should talk about in the future. Um, and also, um, i here. I am at uh, Ten Park Avenue, um, ready to serve any of your customers. And over the decades, I've gotten some very good clients. Um, more so from television and radio, but from my uh, public appear- you know, appearances on on media, and uh, as I say, it is, it seems, some of them turned out to be excellent clients and uh, uh, and and wound up becoming friends also. So uh, hopefully that will be true for some of your listeners also.
0: I agree. Reach out and how do we do? We call you. How do we find you?
1: Yes. So, website, www.philipagreenberg.com, that's Philip with one L. Uh, My email address is lawman, lawman a n eight hundred two at aol. ao lcom and my phone, office phone number is 212-279-550, and I'm conveniently located at Pen Park Avenue, corner 34th and Park, which is walking distance, depending Port Authority, uh, Grand Central, um, Subway is down, right downstairs, the IRT, the uh, 34th Street bus goes right by, and we have um, parking garages as conveniently located as literally across the street from my building. So um, I welcome, you know, I welcome any of you listeners, um, and, you know, it, it's Potential clients, or just as someone who wants to weigh in on on on, on our, uh, the broadcasting that you and I have done
0: together. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Are we back on next week, or with the holiday you won't be there?
1: Let's see. Um, Hanukkah is, a, is is a because Hanukkah is a, is a festival and a really happy holiday. Uh, we work as usual. So absolutely, absolutely, uh, we're on for next week. All right, we'll see
0: you then. You have a fantastic day, and again, enjoy uh, tonight at your rabbi's house, and uh, best to you, and happy Hanukkah to you and your family.
1: Thank you, and a Merry Christmas uh, to you and yours,
0: Thank you, sweetheart. Have a great day. Podcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network.
2: It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. Uh-oh. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings and another. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.